Welcome to The Sale Ring, a podcast dedicated to real estate brokers, agents, and America's top auctioneers that keep the markets moving. Join your hosts, Sean and Trina, as they talk with most successful realtors, marketing and technology experts, investors, and influencers. This show is devoted to all industry professionals looking to up their game and stay up to date. Welcome to The Sale Ring. We're back on the sale ring today in the studio. We've got Patrick McBride with Drone on Demand. We're going to talk about aerial drones. And Patrick, thank you for coming in. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're uh, we're excited to hear about these drones that you have. That thing is huge. That's in the case over here. And what what is that called? So that drone is a DJI Inspire Two, and that is one of their larger drones. It is really an amazing piece of equipment. Um, weighs just under 10 pounds and has a full uh, sensor camera on there so I can change lenses. And that's really key for, for the type of work that we do with this. This one actually shoots not in 4K, but in 5K Oh, oh wow. Resolution. I've never even heard of 5K resolution. That's, that's nice. Yeah, it's kind of a little bit ahead of the curve. Um, it's, it just has that, just that bigger uh, pixel uh, image on the screen and and I use that 5k stuff for some of my clients like the Royals and um, you know larger construction companies and things like that all right so set this up for me drone on demand who is uh, Patrick McBride how did you get into this and you know a little bit about just you where you're from how okay. the company got started if you can talk <laughs> about that for a minute well a long time ago uh, no uh, <laughs> I grew up in in Minnesota. And uh, when I was in high school, all I wanted to do was fly jets. That's all I wanted to do, was go to the Air Force Academy fly jets. Somewhere along that path, I joined a band and started singing. And 20 years later, <laughs> I, I actually I, I did a lot of things with that. I, I had a music career. I was signed musician and recording artist. Very nice. And uh, when I reformed and retired, um, I was like, what am I going to do with myself? So... You know, throughout that music experience, I had shot videos and, um, you know, had seen those types of things and, and was really excited when I would see the videos. Like, how do they make it look like that? How do they do that? It's like magic. You see yeah. this guy with a camera. So, you know, I, I, I needed to find a new direction. And my father is a real estate broker up in Minnesota. And he calls me one day and is like, yeah, Patrick, you know, I bought a drone. You know, this seventy-year-old guy is like has a drone before I do, and and uh, I love how you're turning on the Minnesota. Oh, geez, yeah, turning, turning it, it off. Oh, don't you know? Yeah, we. Uh, <laughs> so he's like, "Oh, I'm going to use it to inspect the roofs up here, so the old man doesn't slip off in the ice." You oh, know, that's a great idea. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so he tried to fly and did a horrible job, and uh, he said, "I think I'm going to give it to you." You know, young Patrick. So I took it and and started doing. You know practicing flying and I strapped a GoPro on it at one point and um, it was really tough to control and it was you know the very beginning drones that came out uh, about five years ago and then I said to myself you know if I'm going to do this I'm going to get a good one so I, I bought my first decent drone and, and started doing videos and I was hooked I, so I think it's that love of what was the first one what was the first drone well the, the first one was actually a, 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 a parrot it's called the AR, okay. uh, AR drone, and it was mostly styrofoam and lightweight plastic. 
And the first job I did was for KU Med Center, and they were they were forming a human uh, cancer ribbon on one of the parking uh, garages, you know, the top level of a parking garage. So I had this chintzy little drone with a GoPro strapped to it. It was unbalanced, and it was all over the place. And I'm trying to get these shots, and then here comes the news helicopter to get its shot, and the downdraft just knocked just it out of the air and destroyed out. it. <laughs> yeah, it was dead. It was dead, oh. dead bird. So that's when I bought the other one and said, you know, I, I'm having a lot of fun with this, and I think I could do something with it because there was no other drone companies yeah. in Kansas City. Yeah. So I just yeah. like you know build it and they will come kind of thing, and and started. Real estate was where I immediately went to because I had a background in that, yeah. you know, with my family. And, you know, it was pretty new at that point. But now, obviously, they're everywhere, which is why I'm here today. There is a lot of them out there. And I see more and more drone companies starting to pop up. Um, and we'll talk about that here in a little bit as yes. far as the legalities of that. And Yes. So this, this one, I believe you called it the DJI Inspire. That's correct. Is that top of the line? Is that middle of the road? Is it, it a beginner, you know, starting so drone? Or? It's, it's the top of the line quadcopter. And by quadcopter, I mean it has four propellers. Okay. They do make uh, larger drones that have up to eight propellers, what they would call an octocopter configuration, to carry much heavier payloads. So a lot of times on, on big Hollywood movies where they're carrying these RE or RED cinema cameras, they'll use an octocopter just because it can lift more weight. Okay. All right. This one is, um, I, I don't know, ballpark in, in price. Because that thing's impressive. That yeah. The case that it's in looks like it's a two-man carry <laughs> case, at yeah. least. Just Thank from the God size it has wheels. It. Yeah. If, if um, somebody was going to invest in that today and go out and buy that, what's just a range of value? Well, here's, here's what you find. So the airframe, just the drone, if you're going to buy just the drone with no camera, that's about 3000 The actual camera itself is around 5000 then you need to buy controller, a second controller, a battery. Then you're buying lenses. You're buying accessories. By the time you're done, uh, this one has about $12,000 into it. Oh, wow. Yeah. $12,000 inside that case. Yeah. So clearly this is a serious piece of business equipment for the drone industry. If you're, if you're going to be in the aerial drone business, it's going to take uh, a little bit of capital to get the right equipment to, you know, you know, do this professionally. If somebody wanted to start doing it professionally, they they wouldn't even necessarily need this level of drone. Um, you know, DJI makes a, a drone called the Phantom uh, that's been around forever, and you may have you've probably seen it before on you know videos and television. It's that white X shaped yeah, drone, yeah. right, with the two little legs sticking down. Yeah, that was the very first commercial available drone was the DJI Phantom. And they had a GoPro on it at first, just yeah. like I did with my crappy styrofoam guy. Um, and that's what made the industry explode because now you're combining, you know, you can put a technology like a GoPro camera, which is fantastic, up in the air. And that just changed the game. Now it's to the point where DJI and these other manufacturers like Parrot, like, uh, you know, GoPro, they have their own cameras that come built into the drone. Oh, so there's not a lot of stabilization issues and stuff like that because they're built in? Right. So uh, as far as the stabilization goes, uh, and I know your listeners can't see this, but I'm going to show them the gimbal. And, and the camera is balanced and can rotate and, yeah. and pan and tilt. And it's all balanced. So 
you know, you see that this, this can move any direction and then it's also balanced this way. So the, when you're flying it, the, the aircraft will tilt left and right and get buffeted by the wind, but the picture is still nice. absolutely, absolutely still imperfect. So it's amazing technology. It really is. You know, and I'm not promoting DJI, but I just for a second, I want to say that they're definitely the leader, I think, uh, with drones. I think they have probably 80% of the market share, but there's some other fantastic drones out there. There's the uh, the Typhoon, the unique Typhoon is another great one. Um, is Sean, that fairly new? That one's been around a little while, too. I think there's a new iteration of it that's out now that's a, a great airframe. Um you know, the other one is the GoPro Karma, which, Sean, I know you have a Karma, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was one of the lucky recipients that bought the GoPro Karma uh, based on a recommendation from a friend and enjoy it. It's it's a nice drone. It does a great job. Uh, just a few months after I bought it, GoPro announced that they were discontinuing that. They're no That's longer right. going to make them. So That's right. Uh, story of my life. <laughs> That's how it always works. Right? Well, the first generation of, of those were falling out of the sky. They had a battery issue. Yeah. So, you know, they'd be trucking along and all of a sudden it's gone, it's down. Um, so that was a little, a little strange. And then they re-released, I think, right before the holidays, really trying to get into that market. And I just don't think they can compete with with DJI. You know, it's it's they're tough uh, tough to crack that market. DJI clearly is the gorilla in that space. They're, Absolutely, they're the company four hundred pound gorilla for sure. And they have a lot of different models, a lot of different versions. One thing I've noticed just in in preparation of this show and and my limited knowledge about aerial drones, DJI has got a full spectrum of drones based on whether it's small interior home, you know, fly through the living room, the dining room use. Uh, entry level models, mm-hmm. kind of medium, you know, middle of the road, uh, flying outside up to certain altitudes, carrying a certain amount of weight to the, I think they call it the spreading wings yes. that are heavy lift copters. And, right. You know, so I, you, as you can tell, I, Google makes me very intelligent. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It makes us all, I, yeah. I right. did a little <laughs> bit of research in preparation of the show, but it looks like that they had a, a wide variety of aerial drones that you could invest in depending on what you want to do. That's correct. That's correct. And, and as I was saying earlier, you know, if, if somebody wanted to get into this, um, you know, with an investment literally under $1,000, you could start a career as a drone photographer slash videographer, um, you know, once you get past that initial border. But then, um, you know, you got to practice flying these things. And, and uh, you know, I would fly them around. And the one way, you know, I always tell new pilots is you have to fly it with the nose facing at you because your controls get reversed. So you have to practice that way. And there's a lot of RC guys that immediately took to drones. But if people haven't flown them before, I would recommend getting a smaller one flying it around your yard, creating some obstacles you can fly around and really get proficient with it before you invest the money and crash, you know, a more expensive drone. Not just zooming in around houses in a neighborhood, you know, going around <laughs> the neighbor's house as fast as you can. Well, the one thing I want to tell people, I got, I got, I got calls uh, over the holidays, you know, little old ladies that bought their grandson's drones from the mall kiosk that were <laughs> yeah. a couple hundred bucks. Those... Less expensive drones don't have GPS on them. 
Okay. So when one of the DJI drones or the GoPro or the Typhoon take off, they record their GPS location as what they call a home point. So if the drone gets out of range or the battery starts to run low, the drone returns on its own. Oh. The drone returns to its home location. Yeah. So the less expensive drones don't have that feature. And what happens is when it gets out of range, it either falls out of the sky or it just continues to fly and disappears into the sunset. Those, I believe, they call flyaways. They call that a flyaway, yes, Sean. You're watching your investment go right on down the line. That is, uh, GoPro, um, that was one of the two issues that they had. One was a bad battery lock. uh, I read that report thoroughly when they Mm -hmm. decided to discontinue the model I had just bought. Uh, The battery lock, the battery was, was vibrating loose. Uh, midair, right. and it was disconnecting the power from it, which ultimately gravity takes over at that point. That's right. That's right. And uh, the other one, they had some GPS issues where they were having some flyaway incidents mm-hmm. with them. And, you know, that's that's kind of uh, unfortunate when you're looking at your aerial drone and it's it's going to the east and you tell it to stop and it just keeps, keeps right on going. going east. Oh, it's so scary. Uh, it will eventually run out of battery somewhere. Right. And, uh, right. I mean, I've disconnected on professional shoots, you know, had a I've flown, you know, behind an obstacle to where my remote wasn't talking to it clearly and I've seen, you know, disconnect and if it, you know, the nice thing about the DJI ones and and the unique and and GoPro to a certain extent is if they disconnect, they'll stay put where they are. And then if it doesn't see any input from your controller, it'll could just start heading home. And the newer ones actually have smart return to home. The first generation of drones, you know, let's say I was flying at a big property and I lost connection. Well, it would make a straight beeline back to home to me. And it didn't care what's in the way. There's oh, a tree in the way. Building nothing. Oh. Doesn't care. We're making a straight path back to wherever <laughs> oh, home was. Yeah. The new ones now have smart return to home, where it will remember where it flew on a clear path that had no obstacles, and it will return on that path. That makes sense. And yeah. come back to you, so it'll avoid trees. You know, the, this has oh, actually cool. collision avoidance on the front, so I could fly it. You know take put Sean in the front here and fly it at him full speed. And when it gets within a couple feet, it'll just stop itself. It will not let me fly at him. And it does the same with buildings. That's and pretty amazing. Trees. I think that, that I'm kind of dumbfounded by that whole, the whole concept of throwing something in the air like that. That's that intuitive about where to fly and flying itself back and all of that. I'm amazed right now. The that's technology, pretty sophisticated technology. Yeah. It's, it's amazing, but Here's the big message, and and one of the big takeaways is that technology can and will fail. And when it does, what do you want that drone to hit? You know, do you want it to fall into, hopefully, into an open field or into some trees? But, you know, they fall into little kids playing in the yard, too. Mm. They fall into uh, guests that are are in the crowd at a rock concert. That's when things start to get hairy. Because the you know I've seen the YouTube videos and of lacerations and things that have happened as a result of these propellers. Oh, it's it's horrible. And then you think of it, just that's almost ten pounds. You we sold a large yeah. ranch uh, in northeast Texas a few years ago, and I hired a drone company out of Colorado that was one of the partners we were working with. They had used them before, uh, and this guy is is much like yourself, very astute, very solid in the drone industry, professional photography, 
uh, doing everything by the numbers. And he has a large cut from the bottom of his eye, just below his eye, all the way across his cheek, down below his mouth, where it, the propellers just literally laid his face open right. where it hit him right. uh, and cut all the way to the bone, sure. all the way to the cheekbone. He said before he had a chance that the helicopter was uh, hovering about eye length in front mm-hmm. of him, and one or two of the motors quit. And those motors apparently are pulling against each other. That's correct. Yeah. So when one quits, the motors just drive the copter in one direction or the other. Unfortunately, the direction was towards him. Before he could turn his head and get out of the way, it had already hit him. It was just it happened that quick. Right. So it's it, it is very serious when you're. I mean, they they look like a a really cool toy. You know, a large toy that they they can also have some detrimental or serious effects if not handled correctly. Deadly toys. Deadly toys. <laughs> Death from the sky. <laughs> yeah. Death from above. Um, you know, it's, uh, and, and you can put different um, blades on there. I have the stock plastic blades, but you can buy aftermarket anywhere carbon fiber blades. And I don't know, Mythbusters did a great show about the myth that a drone can cut through your jugular vein. Yeah. So, you know, the Mythbusters, they build a dummy out of ballistic gel and they've got, you know, real blood kind of running through it. And they flew about eight different drones at this dummy. None of them penetrated the skin that deep to sever the jugular until there were carbon fiber blades and it cut through it like hot knife through butter. It's just like the Gensu too. Yeah, exactly. Cuts yeah. through cans and <laughs> tomatoes and yeah. Um, and if you act right now. <laughs> <laughs> it will cut through your face. Um, so you got to be really careful with uh, with the drones. And, and even the plastic blades can really, really hurt somebody, you know. And, yeah, we're and joking. We're joking, obviously, a lot about the, the blades, the propellers on these. Um, but in a serious, in a serious point or fashion, um, it it is extremely advised to be uh, well-informed about this as it's not a toy. It's right. it's a piece of machinery. It's a device out there that can have some consequences if not handled correctly. Well, and let's, let's talk about that real quick. The, because I think there's, um, there's not a lot of information out there and there's a lot of misinformation as well. The basic rules, and I don't care if you're going to do it professionally like me or you're just going to fly around in your yard and take pictures of your vacation or whatever it is that you do. The rules are as follows. You cannot fly above 400 feet above ground level, okay? The reason for that is you get any higher, now you're getting into plane altitude, you know? Um, That's a really big one, a really big one. The other one is you cannot fly over unprotected people that are not part of the crew. So, you know, you can't bring it to a concert. And even though that would be an epic shot to fly over everyone's head right up to the stage, you can't do that because none of those people are protected in case the drone would fall. Yeah. You cannot fly them at night without what's called a night waiver or a daylight operations waiver, they call it from the FAA. Because when you fly them at night, you lose certain visual spatial cues that you have during the daylight. So the drone may be farther or closer to you than what your eyes are perceiving in at night. And that, that happens to pilots too. There's a perception thing there and you need beacons and those types of things. Um, you cannot fly within five nautical miles of any airport or any active sports game. 
Now, I told you I'd, I've done work for the Royal commercials, the, for the Kansas City Royals. And we had to do that when the stadium was empty. I, really? I couldn't fly during a game. That's right. That's right. So the aerial shots that are taking during sporting events, uh, during concerts, things mm-hmm. that you, you see where they're shooting aerial and they're going above the crowd out there, mm-hmm. those are done on cameras with guide wires. Those are, oh, those yeah. are wire, you know, remote cameras that they're using. Those are not done with copters, with right? spinning if, blades or propellers. And- you bet. If you watch, you know, uh, you know, you got the World Cup going on right now. And you see some incredible camera angles that are midair above guys' backs. And same thing with NFL. You know, you see that camera move right behind the quarterback. Yeah. yeah. Those are cable cams. And so they'll go into the stadium and they rig these giant cables that go all the way up to the, the perimeter of the stadium. And then they're able to move that camera around. So that gives them that additional bit of safety. But, you know, I saw a video where they were flying a drone uh, at a soccer stadium somewhere uh, in another country. And some fan throws their T-shirt at it. It gets wrapped up in the props and the thing comes down. You know, that's going to happen when you have a drunk, rowdy sports crowd. You know, there's going to be some knucklehead who's going to try to throw something at it. Or Yeah, as soon as you said concert, I was like, yeah, just one fan holding their hands up at the wrong time. They got somebody on their shoulders. Yeah. Yeah. Well, isn't there, there's a video on YouTube, I think it's Enrique Iglesias, the young, young uh, Iglesias guy. And they fly a drone right up to him and he tries to put his hand on it and he actually cuts his hand and is bleeding profusely. During his concert, it's an Inspire. It's a DJ Inspire they used in that video. But if you search for that, that's not all part of the show. I don't know if it was the production team thought it'd be. Yeah, yeah. Let's cut him. Let's Let's get his jugular. Cut this guy. (laughs) Go for the jugular. This is great. This has been, so the first segment here has been a great topic. We're going to slip away, hear from our sponsors. We'll be back in just a few minutes. I want to talk to you about what to do with the editing of the, the video and the photos whenever you capture them. We'll talk about that more when we come back. Thinking about selling a real estate investment, but worried about the taxes you'll have to pay? Property owners just like you have solved their tax issue with a Starker Services 1031 exchange. One call could save you a fortune in taxes. Call Starker Services today at 800-332-1031 or visit online at www.starker.com and keep the tax dollars working for you. Are you looking for heavy equipment but unsure where to start? Then you need to check out AuctionTime.com. Buying great equipment has never been easier than bidding online at AuctionTime.com. What are you waiting for? Online auctions are closing every Wednesday. So register and start bidding today. AuctionTime.com, the way to buy heavy equipment. Crude oil, natural gas, coal. Buying and selling minerals is a breeze when you have the right energy professionals on your team. Mineralmarketing.com is a leading resource for America's mineral owners. Whether you're wanting to lease or sell your mineral rights, Mineral Marketing has you covered. Mineralmarketing.com, the oil and gas marketplace. Ever dream of owning a country estate, historic home, or lakefront property? Log on to unitedcountry.com. Would you like to retire to a home built on breathtaking acreage in the mountains? Unitedcountry.com. Ever dream of your own private hunting preserve? 
unitedcountry.com. Over 30,000 farm, recreational, and lifestyle properties are just a click away, helping people find their American dream for over 90 years. We will help you find yours. Log on now to unitedcountry.com and find your freedom. And we're back in the studio with Patrick McBride, Drone on Demand. His company, Drone on Demand. That's That's a great company name, by the way. Thank you. While we were away at the break, the commercial break, we were talking about uh, the FAA and some rules and regulations. And I, you know, before we move on about editing video and photos, let's talk about that more. I think it's interesting. And I think the audience is going to find it interesting. Yeah. What I wanted to do real quick is walk them through the steps of. You know, buying the drone, what's next? If you do decide, hey, I want to become a drone you know, pilot, uh, what to do? So here's how it begins. So you purchase your drone. Now, the FAA has made it, man- made it mandatory that you register any drone that's above 0.5 pounds. That's a half a pound. Half a pound. Okay. And that means any drone, even the toys. They want to know the serial number. They want to know who you are just in case that would to be used nefariously or there would ever to be an accident. Um, they they want to know that they're there. From there, you can start flying your drone and practicing and doing those types of things. If you decide, hey, I really want to pursue this uh, you know, drone photography and videography thing and start to make money, then you need to get a commercial license to fly the drone. Now, let's talk about what constitutes commercial. Okay. Private would be, Hey, I took videos of my kids playing in the yard and I put it on my Facebook channel. Yeah. Okay. Commercial would be my neighbor hired me and paid me money to take video of his kids and put it on Facebook. As soon as money's changing hands or you're promoting something that somebody is going to make money off of, say you shot the neighbor's house because he's going to put it up for sale and remaxes the agent or whatever the case may be, you're going, that's a commercial product. And you need to have a commercial license. And that license is called an FAA Part 107. And it's an exam that you take at a licensed office. Typically, they're at local airports. And it's every bit of a, of a pilot's license. You have to know about airspace. You have to know how to read a sectional chart. You have to know about weather. Of course, you have to know the rules of, of your drone. But it's like a mini pilot's license, pilot, private pilot light kind of a license. Pilot light. Yeah. Pilot okay. license light. I like that. Yeah. And they don't, what's interesting is they don't, they don't test you on your, your flying skills. It's all a written exam and knowing what the rules so there's are. There's not going to be a bunch of hours involved in, in flight time and all yeah. of that. Yeah. You're okay. not going to, an instructor isn't going to sit and make sure you can fly figure eights or whatever. Yeah. It's, it's all just a written exam. And, um, it's, it can be challenging and there's places out there that you can, uh, do pre-study and, and pay for classes that help you with that exam. There's a bunch of them out there, and I'm not going to name a specific one. Are those helpful? So if one of the, <clears throat> somebody listening today wanted to go through through the process to take that exam and get the exemption or the license, are those classes uh, helpful, or even more to the point, are they a necessity to passing that exam? I think if you're not familiar with... Um, you know what pilots have to test if you you know looking at a sectional chart and being able to read it being able to read a METAR or, or weather reports that are sent to pilots you absolutely have to study because i took the test when it first became available and the tester told me a third of the students had failed underestimating the amount of pilot knowledge 
that was going to be needed. They thought it was just going to be about their drone yeah. and, and the laws, you know, 400 feet and not no flying at night. And it was way deeper. So I highly recommend somebody spending, and I think they're a hundred, couple hundred bucks nowadays. Well, that's a good investment then. And, and go ahead and do that because you're going to go in and pass your exam right away. So now you've got your FAA Part 107. Well, now you can start going out and getting paid. To, to fly for United Country or, or whomever it is that, you know, is going to hire you to do jobs. And it doesn't stop there because now what's going to be important is what happens if the equipment fails? You're going to want to have insurance. Yeah. And I don't mean just insurance on your equipment. I mean, insuring your clients that you're working for against liability. And there are a number of... Um, Insurance places out there. I personally use Skyviews. There's a an instant one you can have on your phone called Verify, and they'll give you instantaneous insurance that you pay for. So let's say I want three million dollars of coverage for this client. I'm I'm flying at the Speedway or something, or you pay for that instantly with your credit card, and you're covered up to an hour or whatever on the spot, and you do that via your phone. So you're buying that by the job. That's not yeah. like six months or a year's worth of right. insurance. You're buying it for that specific job. That's a very unique thing. It's called Verify, and, and I, I have used it at times. I carry a, a year-long policy with, with Skyviews just because of the amount of clients that I have. I don't want to pay as I go. But if you're a guy that's maybe getting a job or two jobs a month, Verify would make a lot of sense. You know, you, you give them your location, you tell them, hey, this is where I'm flying and who I'm flying for. You have to fill out a bunch of, check a bunch of boxes, answer some questions, and then they say, boom, you're covered for the next two hours for $60, up to $3 million. I'm just throwing those numbers out there, but that's the way it works. And when those two hours expire... That's interesting. That's really interesting. So a little short-term... Instant, that, that's really cool. Short-term yeah. insurance. Yeah, it's almost like you're buying the insurance for a specific project. It turns on and it turns off. That's and exactly what it's, I assume it's covered through that time period out that there. Correct. If an incident would arise, you know, six months later, they get a claim filed and said, hey, while you were out here, you did this. And he was covered. Said, yeah, he was right. covered. It's a it's crazy, unique business model. It's real cool. So and do they make it mandatory it. that you have the FAA exemption or the license to get that insurance? Is that one of the requirements of the questions? Uh, I believe you do have to enter your, your pilot your number. Pilot. And, I, and I know, here's what's great about Kansas City uh, for the commercial guys. The FAA started here first, and it comes all the way down south to Texas in kind of a, you know, oblong shape, but um, a system called the LANCE system, and it's a it's an acronym, L-A-A-N-C, and it's instant authorization from the FAA to fly at whatever the maximum altitude is. So, for example, I had a, um, a client who hired me to do something downtown, and I looked at the FAA grid map, and I saw that there was only, they were only allowing 200 feet for drones, so I used an app to say, here I am, here's my pilot number, I know that I can only go 200 feet, give me authorization, click. And they came back within minutes and said, you're authorized to fly at 200. That's cool. So you came in here obviously today to talk podcast with us, to be on the podcast with us. But yeah. right now, if we wanted to go out front and, and start doing some drone work and pay you to do it, we could just get instant insurance and insurance Ah, instant clearance from the FAA. Yes, that's amazing. And I will only charge you like a thousand bucks, so that's no, that's I'm very very <laughs> reasonable. <Yeah. laughs> you know? 
I just think it's cool. All right, so you've been hearing from <laughs> <laughs> No, um, and I will go out. And, you know, we, we were saying we're going to shoot a quick epic droney at the end uh, of the podcast of us, you know, as kind of a celebratory thing. But um, I'll go out there and I will check the airspace. And I'll yeah. make sure with Kansas City Airport being as close as it is. Yeah that there's no altitude restrictions for us. And it may say, hey, you can fly as high as 200 or maybe all the way up to 400. And, uh, you know, it's so important to stay within those boundaries because that same uh, job I was telling you about, I was at 200 feet shooting this commercial property and getting a nice rotating orbiting shot. And a Cessna on final approach to downtown came right over me at 100, you know, 100 feet of difference between us, but within my same flight path. And came uh-huh. in and landed. Had I been at 300 feet, he would have hit me. Because he was on final approach descending and turning to Charles Into, B. Wheeler, yeah. downtown Kansas City Airport. Unless, of course, you asked the Cessna pilot, then you hit him. Yeah. Well, of course. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I had no right to be there. I'm just a drone. Semantics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so. The, it, so clearly they're automating these systems where you can get an immediate response. Uh, they want you doing it legally. Yes. Uh, they want you to have accurate data and information, relevant information at your fingertips where you can get onto a job and they can log you as being there in that airspace during a period of time and then back off of the job. That's correct. And if they can regulate that, uh, if, if you can do that legally out there with an exemption or a license and they know where you're going to be and when you're going to be there, it's safety for everybody. Absolutely. Because gravity obviously can be you know, relentless when you're in a small aircraft like a Cessna um, and, and something happens to go wrong or you hit something in the air that uh, takes out your controls and all of a mm-hmm. sudden you're you're just headed towards the ground, you know, mm-hmm. that, that could have been avoided through just better communications and logistics. Well, and the thing about fixed wing airplanes is, you know, if their engines do die, they're a glider to a certain extent, yeah. you know, they've got that lift from the fixed wings where with a, a, a drone, a quadcopter or octo, those motors stop. We're coming straight down. It's a brick. You know. Yeah. You know, we're coming straight down. No so. auto rotation on those? Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> oh, I wish. Maybe someday. They do have parachute systems, though, however, um, because the next thing is, you know, how do we fly safely over people? And there are actually some parachute systems that will deploy, you know, and bring the drone on. They're very expensive, and I don't know how completely reliable they are if it's in a spin but uh, I've seen some YouTube videos about safety parachute systems. They're pretty neat. I think you're going to see that happen, you know, in the future. And um, Very cool. The other thing I, w- I wanted to mention that's important is you cannot fly the drone beyond your visual line of sight. So they always want you to be able to see the drone. Even if you're wearing the goggles and you can see what the camera sees, you always need to be able to keep your eye on the drone in case you needed to make evasive action from an airplane, a helicopter, a wire, a tree branch, whatever the case may be. Um, That's a super important rule. So you always want to be able to see the aircraft. And until they lift that rule to what they call beyond visual line of sight, you won't see any drone deliveries from Amazon. Amazon Because the rule applies to them on a federal level. They cannot currently fly drone beyond their line of sight. Well, what grades a package delivery if I can only deliver it a yeah, mile? Yeah, you're going to have to have a guy in a truck following it anyway, so you right. may as well, yeah. Yeah, so a lot of these videos you see of, you know, UPS, you know, hey, we're deploying a drone from the top of our truck, 
and it's delivering a package to a lady. What you don't see is the pilot who's just off camera. Standing there right next to the truck. Yeah. Watching, you know, <laughs> that's where it's at now. Um, that will happen in the next few years. And when that does happen, that's when you're going to see the airspace crowded with drones. That forward thinking right now, it, it's just, I can't hardly fathom seeing a sky full of drones someday in the future, all from different service organizations doing different things and the logistics behind coordinating all of that, those flight paths and the different altitudes. And it's, it's, uh, if they think they're having difficulties now in the FAA, just coordinating plane traffic in the air, right? compound that by uh, all of the people that can afford or companies that can afford an aerial drone and, and, and put all of those in the sky you right. know, in a given area at, at one time, right. that's, that would be a nightmare to try to control. What's going to happen, and it's already moving that direction, and there's companies working to develop this technology, is using a transponder on the drone, much like an ADSB in an aircraft, to where you know the tower knows where the drone is at at all times and can and can locate that and know who owns it, and have a have a beacon like that going at all times. That as I flew, you know, let's say in downtown, they would get an alert. Okay, we have a drone flying in this particular area. That's where it's headed. I see. Yeah. Let's switch gears real quick. Uh, Patrick, you've got a company, Drone On Demand. So we've talked a lot about licensing, about the mm -hmm. different types of drones. But part of your company, part of your services is once you go out and fly a property, whether that's residential, commercial, it's rural land, you're capturing footage. That's the ultimate goal out of all of this is to capture footage out there for your commercial business. Give us some tips out there on photography, on videos, how you handle that raw footage when you get back to your company. Are there some programs that uh, the listeners may want to look at using if they edit videos, if they edit photos? But kind of give us give us a little feedback on that. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm a big uh, proponent of the Adobe software, and that, of course, includes Photoshop and Lightroom for your still photography, and then Premiere uh, for your video editing. And, you know, they have a neat model now where you don't actually have to buy the software. You, you pay per month to become part of the, what they call the creative cloud. And you can download mm -hmm. anything you want from Adobe and, and use it for, I, th I think it's like 50 bucks a month or something like that is what it, and then don't, don't quote me on that. I'm not sure what the current price is. Um, that's a great way to edit video and to edit photography. If you're a Mac user, I, I know we also use Final Cut uh, is a fantastic software and it's, seems to be more optimized for Macintosh. It's always rendering. It seems to render quicker than uh, Photos than the uh, Premiere, but you know that's been our experience. And we edit all of our videos in either Final Cut or Premiere, and all of our photo work is Photoshop and Lightroom. And you know you get these, you get photo your photos out, and then you it's like, what do I do with this video now? It doesn't come out with graphics and yeah. <laughs> music and and all those things. So. You know, if you're going to do photography, it's a little bit easier to edit those photos. There's some great uh, videos out there online on YouTube that can walk you through the basics of, you know, how now I've imported a picture. Now, what do I do with it to correct color and, you know, those types of things. Um, and lynda.com is another great resource for learning uh, video editing software. What was the name of that? It's called lynda.com, L-Y-N-D-A. In fact, you can learn just about anything you want to know on lynda.com. Really? Um, all sorts of different trades and things like that. Um, 
that's really, I, I've used that in the past to, to learn how to edit. And it's a lot of just trial and error. But I, I will say this, you know, to, to an agent or somebody who's thinking about buying a drone, there is that post-production piece. These things don't just, you know, when it lands, it doesn't have a fully produced video. There's some back-end time that goes into that. And, and learning the, that learning curve, is it takes a lot. And I, that's what Drone On Demand's here for. It's especially for the agents. They can focus on what they do best, and that's selling. And we get to do what we do best, and that's shooting and editing. You know, Patrick, for the past 25, 28 years, I've worked with a lot of people in the photography and the editing business. I've been, I've been a real estate broker and an auctioneer, so we in, employ their services. And it, from the outside looking in, it appears that the capturing of the photographs and the video takes a certain skill set out of use of the equipment. But the real artistry, you know, the, the, the real, the difficult thing to find is somebody that can stitch all of that together and to make it very attractive, the the music that they put behind it, the transition and the slides, but it's it's a different skill set, I guess is what I'm saying. One person may be very good at flying a copter, but finding that person that can actually edit photos and videos can be difficult to find. Oh, you bet. Yeah, it's especially with the video aspect uh, when you're flying a, a job. You know, the copter is getting up to a certain altitude and. You know, then I get to the altitude I want, and I start actually making the move. So there's all this footage before and after the actual shot I wanted, as I was getting into position, or the wind yeah. was blowing me around. You got to go in and cut all that stuff out, and just cut, get to the good stuff, and then put all those great clips together and sync it to the beat of the music, and you know, know how to add graphics if if the you know the agent wants callouts of you know how many acres the property is or what the features are. You need to know how to add those things. I mean, even iMovie on a rudimentary level can make some great stuff. You know, that might be the place to start. And then going to a Final Cut or, you know, a Premiere or something like iMovie, that. iMovie, is that an Apple product? That's an Apple product. And, and I'm sure uh, PC have, probably has, what depending on what manufacturer you have, may have their own version of an editing software. You, it may have some limitations to unlock the full version or those types of things. I don't recommend downloading the freeware stuff. You know, because you really can't do deep editing you need to do. I would say, for me, the Final Cut or Premiere or iMovie would be the Would it make a difference if you're not as proficient of an editor, if if you're looking at something? It may not have as, as deep of an offering in the software, but at the same token, I may not have the skill sets to actually operate part of the Adobe suite because I know there's a learning curve with some of that. There really is. And, and you know, here's the great thing about our where we're at today with technology. YouTube is so powerful that anything that I really want to know, I don't care if, if there's it's a video on it already, yeah. changing the, you know, the O-ring in something in the bathroom, or, um, there's a video mm-hmm. out there for it. I mean, we live in such an amazing time that all this footage is there, you know. Um, anytime I need to do drone repairs or I have a question, before I even call DJI, I YouTube it. And you know what? Somebody's answered the question. Somebody else had the same problem and right. shared or, their knowledge with the world. And right. Yeah. Or there's a forum that, that's dedicated yeah. to it. So, you know, I've learned a lot that way. And and I said earlier, um, lynda.com, I'm not affiliated with them whatsoever, but they're, they're a great source of learning the editing software or how to edit photos. 
you know, in, in any type of software you want to use. I think it's great. Or YouTube. We talked earlier about videos, you know, that to me, those tutorial videos. When I'm watching, if I have two screens and I can turn a video on one screen, I can figure out how to do it on the other screen. Yeah, right? yeah, it's it's great. I mean, uh, the stuff that you can learn so quickly, uh, and there's just a lot of information out there. But the edit is a certain art form, um, and a good editor can really make a good living you know, either here, even locally in their market with video production companies or, you know, on the, on the coast, you know, guys out in LA and Hollywood making big mucks editing, you know, it's a, definitely a skill and an art form as well. This has been one of the most highly informative shows that we've had. This is just yeah. great information. You got a great company, a great Thank setup. You. The equipment you Thank brought you. in here is, um, is impressive to say the least. When you showed up with this giant crate in here, I, <laughs> yeah. was, I was curious. What, I was curious what was inside that. Is it live animals in that woods? What's going on? <laughs> um, well, the fun's just beginning because you know, even though our listeners don't get to join us, we're going to go out and fly, and uh, you get to see, see this bird in action. Yeah, I'm excited about that. Yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. We've got, um, I've got a note here in front of me says that you're speaking at the National Auction Summit. United Country Auction Services sponsors a National Auction Summit. That's coming up September 10th and 11th here in Kansas City, and you're going to be one of the featured speakers at that. Yeah, I'm very excited about about that uh, when you reached out to me and asked me to do it. It's... Uh, we're going to cover some of these same things, probably a little more meat uh, to some of the, the, the subjects. And then, of course, I'll be there for any Q&A the audience may have as well. Outstanding. Are you going to bring some of these samples, the drones and uh, some of the equipment? Oh, people, you bet. Yeah. People can look at it and, and get excited about it. And yeah. We're going to be flying them into Nex. Nice. <laughs> All right. Well, so, so we want to volunteer. People we don't like to <laughs> I'm a good observer when that goes on. I like to stand over to the side and you know, don't do anything that shouldn't be in the deposition. Yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, check out Drone on Demand. That's www.droneondemand. Patrick McBride has been very generous with his time. You can reach him at 816. 816- 853-1314. Once again, that's Patrick McBride with Drone On Demand at 816-853-1314. We so much thank him for being on the sale ring with us uh, today. This has been a great episode. We look forward to speaking to you again, having another great episode, so make sure and tune back in. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you for joining us for today's show. To access all resources and links mentioned in today's show, head over to www.thesalering.com now. We appreciate your feedback and encourage you to share the show with other industry pros like yourself. Join us next time as we meet you inside The Sale Ring.